Welcome to the Rooted in Change podcast. Hey everybody, this is Jan and you're listening to the Rooted in Change podcast. I'm interviewing European cleantech champions on how to tackle the climate crisis. And today I'm talking with Christina, who is the CEO of Flexia. We'll discuss how waste wood, agricultural byproducts and biomass can be used to produce a green alternative to today's petrochemical industry. Welcome, Christina. Thank you. I'm super excited to be part of your podcast. And I'm so happy to have you. Um, why don't we start uh, a bit with your background? So uh, what's your professional background and uh, yeah, what's your sort of training education? Yeah, so I studied biochemical engineering uh, at University College London, and um, uh, my training was um, mainly focusing on um, biotech and and also mm -hmm. biopharmaceutical production. So I started off uh, at the pharma industry, and um, um, after a while, which I really enjoyed, I think it was it was get great fun, especially when I was working on research related to cancer uh, treatment. Mm -hmm. uh, but after a while, I felt like I, I really needed to go into something more impactful in that sense that I, I'm really passionate about uh, anything to do with the environment and clean tech, green tech. And I also grew up on uh, uh, programs and films from David Attenborough. So mm -hmm. Uh, I, I think from from childhood I was I was really driven by going uh, exploring, uh, really understanding nature, and and I think the best day of my life so far was when I met with David Attenborough. And oh, you met him! It was just an incredible experience. He is right. super humble and 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 really, yeah. I think that gave me an extra boost to right. go down and do a bit more within sustainability and and and, and clean tech. Right and. I already mentioned the company Lexia that you're the CEO of now. What does Lexia actually do? So uh, we process wood and agriculture waste. Um, we um, take waste, which, you know, I think we need to give waste a new definition uh, mm -hmm. because uh, waste for us is, is, is a yummy starting material, something yeah, that we It's a resource for you. It is a resource, correct? Yes. So, so there's no such thing as waste. That's what I see, say to people. And um, and um, so we take whatever comes out from uh, um, you know various processes that people don't want. Companies cannot make uh, anything out of them, or it ends up in landfill or, or gets burned. Mm -hmm. So there are about um, over one billion tons of of, of uh, woody biomass um, that gets discarded or burnt uh, every year. Uh, anything from rice straw, wheat straw, um, uh, even virgin wood from various wood processing or construction waste. So there's a lot that we could do with these materials. And um, we have a, a very powerful uh, solvent called ionic liquids that uh, dissolve um, these woody biomass. And then we could separate the ingredients, um, the cellulose, which is a, a fluffy, um, um, pulp mm -hmm. uh, from these structures and also lignin. Uh, lignin is a, an amazing material that uh, basically it, it keeps the trees upright. It's it's a complex structure uh, that has it's full of aromatic molecules and and has huge potential uh, for, in various applications. So we separate these two plus some smaller molecules that could be used either in 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 various chemical formulations or plastic industries and, 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 and further process. So we'd be pr producing these building blocks that other companies could use uh, 
for various things, anything from packaging all the way to uh, fuel production like bioethanol um, and um, direct re replacement of, of oil-based chemicals uh, and so on. So I think what we have is um, super exciting building blocks that, uh, yeah, anyone and everyone should be looking at and, and, and really try to find new applications for. So, so we, we provide new materials. Right. Would you say it's so, sort of you're the sustainable ingredient provider for... Correct, yes. So yeah. we provide starting materials for, for people to, to build on, on, on you know, um, to make new materials and, and new processes as well. So I think we are super essential because mm -hmm. when, when, um, when people look at products, they just think, oh, you, you made this, but you need ingredients, you need energy, yeah. you need to provide all the ingredients um, uh, um, to create something new. So, so we, we are, we basically, we, we make commodity materials, anything mm -hmm. that sort of gives you the, the foundation to, um, uh, to produce um, new materials. Yeah, I mean, you, you were saying just before, in terms of your impact, you know, anything from, um, from packaging to bioethanol, and if the sort of the raw materials that go into those processes are sustainable, then the end products are much more sustainable. So it's quite Correct. impactful and quite powerful what you're doing. Correct. Yes. I mean, because if you if you look at current material availability, you know, uh, normally. The industry uses something from from virgin wood, from from virgin mm -hmm. materials. But the beauty of our process is that we could use any 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 woody materials. So um, you could drop us in in China, and we use rice straw. You could drop us in South Africa, and we would use sugarcane uh, leftover uh, from sugar production. Uh, you know, in Brazil again. I mean, it's it's that 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 that's the beauty of it, and. And this is why we think our, our technology uh, will have a huge impact and, and it will deliver the impact, impact locally as well. Um, mm -hmm. very so it's decentralized, right? Where you can go wherever your input Correct. resources are. Yes. You don't need to be in any specific location. Exactly. And we could design something uh, using local waste, local you mm -hmm. know, starting materials instead of building a giant facility, collecting things and shipping it to, to sites, we could be part of the local ecosystem and really uh, make a difference um, within that region, within that um, locality. And, and, and um, so process local, um, yeah, waste is not the right word, but, you know, process local materials and then... Next generation waste. Yeah, for, for, for the local uh, industry as well. So I think this is where, where we really fit. And we could work with companies and, and design bespoke um, uh, solutions for them. So latch onto an existing infrastructure, really um, provide an integrated uh, solution for whatever they're making. Um, mm -hmm. At the moment, we could improve that process and, and provide them with a, um, a more sustainable uh, solution. Right. And then... We were touching upon your technology. How does that actually work in practice? So you, I would assume you build a plant of some sort to produce those ingredients based on the inputs, whether it's uh, biomass yes. or agriculture byproducts. Yes. So we, we have uh, um, tried and tested unit operations that we mm -hmm. uh, obviously 
assessed what's available on the market, what uh, the current industry, a chemical industry and, and, and the paper popping industry um, are familiar with. So we're using those units. Uh, we're not designing anything quirky. We have vessels, we have pumps, we have filters that we put together in a way that uh, produces our, our materials. And mm-hmm. uh, what happens is uh, we... Uh, get the raw materials, put them in a vessel, start cooking it with our ionic mm-hmm. liquid, with our uh, solvent. And that's that's where the magic happens. Uh, this right. solvent separates the um, uh, the cellulose from the lignin, and then we could start uh, pumping it through and, and, and to the next stage and, and separating the cellulose and then crush out the lignin um, and, and, and also filter um, these materials out um, as, as we go along. So the unit operation steps are very established. Nothing is really quirky about it. It's more how we, uh, you know, control the process and also how powerful ionic liquid is. That's what really uh, delivers the results. That's where the secret sauce is. Correct. Yes, the pixie dust. Mm-hmm. Right. And just in terms of scale, like how big is such a plant? And you know, like to have an idea of, you know, what, what you're actually producing. What's so, so um, uh, we built our pilot plant just outside Christina Ham in, in Bakhmer, mm-hmm. um, not far in from Sweden. Karlstad in Sweden. Yes, no, we're very proudly flying the, uh, the Swedish flag, um, <laughs> and the plant has a, a twenty kilo uh, per batch um, capacity at the moment. But for us, it wasn't just about the scale. It's 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 more about the process development and also producing mm-hmm. materials. Because what we're doing right now, we're running the plant and sending samples out for prototyping to various companies. So we, we ship some cellulose, we ship some uh, lignin, and we want them to make something new out of it. So we could go back to investors, we could go back to industry and say, well, these are the new exciting products that could be made from from our raw materials and and um and i think so far uh we're doing a really good job um getting local industry partners excited and 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 really have something tangible to show uh what's possible from from um from these materials right and so you the next step on your commercial journey is then to really scale those operations build a larger commercial plant or will you license out your tech to partners what's sort of your approach so our business model is based on technology licensing um, mm-hmm. so the pilot plant is good enough to showcase the, uh, right. the potential uh, that it works also, uh, that it works and also produce some material so uh, companies could, could come and visit us uh, have a look at the um, uh, you know the unit operations talk to the uh, the technical team so this is why it was so important for us to to build this plant um, but the next stage will be to um, build uh, a demo plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, with higher capacity, so we're aiming for uh, a 25 uh, kiloton uh, capacity throughput uh, for that per, per year. And uh, currently, we're working on some commercial um, connections and, and engagements and, and, and find out um, which company we, we're going to be building with. Mm-hmm. you know, this, this next stage. And after that, we will look at commercial uh, scale uh, operations as well, very much in line with, again, um, a, a chosen commercial partner um, uh, latching onto their, 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 their in infrastructure. So there's a stage development in, in mind, um, how we see the, the technology being um, uh, developed further and, and scaled up. 
but at this stage, as I said, we're just happy to run the pilot plant. Um, I really feel comfortable with the process itself uh, and excite uh, anyone and everyone um, who's um, interested in, in our technology. So we have an open door policy. Uh, we host companies, we host uh, university students as well. And um, yeah, um, happy to showcase um, the tech. It's lovely to hear. So uh, companies go and visit Lixio, students go visit Lixio and have a look. Yes, yes. I think there are very few pilot plants are being built, especially at right. this scale within this industry. So I think it's important that we, we show... Why do you think that is? Oh, well, I think scale-up generally is tricky. I think yeah. most research um, would get stuck um, at lab scale because it's either too quirky to tech or too expensive to scale up or there's just no funding. So we were super lucky that we got some um, money from, from the EU so from the European Innovation Council, um, they uh, they gave us a, a large grant and we also got some money from, you know, European Innovation Council fund itself. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's a, it, it was a, a two-stage um, uh, funding. Uh, so we raised 4.3 million um, to make this pilot plant happen and, and start establishing the team and, and also move the technology from the UK. Um, so I think these grants are very scarce or within this space although i think the eu is doing an excellent job and and with the the green deal mm. um, um more and more funding will be available but i think making a jump from lab to to pilot scale uh it's 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 difficult to get funding for and also it's very high risk so um, i think this is where some research will never see the daylight yeah. uh, and the real um, life application, unfortunately. But um, and this is why you know it's important to shout about that this is possible to 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 build, this is possible to make happen, and and um, yeah, we'd be happy to tell people all about the the hardship and 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 all the successes as well that come to it. And uh, would you also say that that is one of the challenges to? scale the tech from you know lab scale to commercial fully commercially available uh, or fully commercially available product to get the funding for it and to really find the right partners in order to make that scaling process happen yes you know i think uh, generally you know investing in high-risk technology new something um that never been done before it's always a difficult um uh, process but I think uh, with a bit of luck, uh, a bit of um, support from, from people who believe in you and, in, and, and they appreciate the potential, the impact of the technology, I think that's the key. So I think that needs to be clearly communicated what sort of impact it will deliver. And it, mm-hmm. it could be um, you know, environmental or social impact. I think it's very important nowadays that it's not just purely to make money. It's about really attaching either um, um, a sustainability uh, impact or CO2 capture or something that, that really resonates with um, with funding bodies. Given the macroeconomic trends that we see now, you know, inflation, insecurity within the markets, a possible recession, do you think that, do you think it has become easier or harder for innovative clean tech companies to raise money what's what's your view on that i think it's it's a very 
um, scary period, I guess, for mm. everyone. Um, they, they all worried about their livelihoods and, and you mm. know, what's next. But uh, when I talk to investors, they all plan for the future. And it's, yeah. it's really great to see. So, yes, it's a blip in the uh, yeah, current system. It's, it's something that um, feels like it's out of our control. But at the same time, you know, we need to look beyond and really see that technologies that will mature within two, three, five, ten years deliver the impact we're looking for. Uh, otherwise, yeah. we're never going to um, yeah, develop anything um, yeah. novel. So, so I think... Yes, when I talk to, um, especially within the startup space, I think everyone is worried about paying bills and, and, mm, and making sure. sure that the company survive. But at the same time, um, from investors, they really see the future. And, and it's, it's something that's never going to go away, you know, the, the whole sustainability agenda. Mm. And, and, and uh, yeah, we need to make sure we, we, we deliver these technologies and 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 they will survive and, and provide the impact we're looking for otherwise we're not going to have a, a chance a fighting chance to um to really survive i know it sounds very dramatic and no i think it's you're absolutely right um i was at an event the other day where one of the partners at sequire so you know one of the largest bcs out there in the world uh, was sharing his perspective on the global market and sort of the funding environment for startups and he said uh, even looking back at the uh, 2008 burst of and, and the impact that it had on clean tech he even said you know now it's the best time ever to build a company you have all the resources at hand all the tools the great people are out there yes it's a difficult time at the moment but those difficult times often foster sort of the really impactful ideas and the really impactful companies. Um, so it was quite helpful and really encouraging companies to to take that leap or even, you know, founders that are looking potentially to, well, being while working for, for a company right now to take that leap and really put their idea into into practice and found their own company. So I think that's really um, and also well, it makes well, you more resourceful. I think that uh -huh. that's the key here that, you know, when you have all the stars lined up and it's easy, you sort of become a bit lazy. But when you yeah. have no money, when you have yeah. no support, you sort of figure out how to shave off some money here and there, how to ask for help. And also I think it changes our thinking about collaboration mm -hmm. a lot. So I think um, my attitude is to, to actually share Share all, all the hardship and shout about right. it and, and really talk to people in the same situation because you never know where your solution is going to come from. You never know where your next, you know, recruitment um, mm. the superstar next piece of advice. Yeah. will put. Exactly. So I think this is why um, I feel super happy and supported by our network um, mm -hmm. because we share. We share a lot of things. I celebrate all their successes, but we also you know, moan about all the failures over mm. a, a glass of drink. And, right. and and this is why it's it's so important for survival uh, that we're all in it and, and how we think about the relationship, how we think about even the the commercial um, next steps for the commercial development. You know, we need. it's not going to be a straightforward, get some money through the door from VCs, you know, corporate VCs and so mm -hmm. on. So it's not a, a straightforward script that we um, actually... 
um, uh, we'll see. I think it's going to be a hodgepodge of all sorts of funding, all sorts of projects, um, really, you know, relying on, on, on those connections and, and, and making it happen with three or four moving parts instead of just a, a very shiny <laughs> um, business case. Um, but I think this is life. This is the way the world is sort of happening around us and, and we will make it. Yeah, it's a good summary. You know, it's like life has its up and downs and you just need to power through and make the best out of it. You need to believe in it. And also, I think what people forget that you need an element of luck, I have to mm -hmm. say. It's not just about hard work. It's not just right. about, you know, having everything in place. A bit of luck here and there. A, you know, a serendipity of discussion with someone on the train or, or, or just happen to solve a whatever chemistry problem by accident you know if you leave a sample in the in the lab over the weekend something happens and and mm. these are the breakthroughs that you can't really plan for but at the same time yeah. uh, you need them uh, you need yeah. a bit of miracle here and there uh, <laughs> to happen speaking um, of miracle maybe that's a good transition um because you haven't you, uh, remind me how long have you been with Lixir now it's three well, it's years been, um, uh, over two years two over nearly two, two and a half so what was the what was the one thing that inspired you to to join the company to join Dixia? So I uh, in my previous life I, I worked for a, a bioplastic company um, um, making um, novel um, biodegradable bio compostable um, uh, materials and I really enjoyed um, the challenge of that and this is where I came across. Um, cellulose as a filler, lignin as, an, as a novel ingredient um, for replacement of, of some of the uh, oil-based uh, ingredients. Um, and, and I really enjoyed the research and, 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 and the novelty of, 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 of the area uh, within this application. So um, I ended up working with um, a number of universities and very clever people from mm -hmm. uh, all over the, um, the world. And um, so one of them was uh, Jason Hallett uh, from uh, Imperial College London. And, um, and, and, and Jason has an, an amazing group within biomass research. So this is how I, I all got um, introduced to uh, the potential of, 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 of lignin and, and um, ionic liquids. Uh, they were mm -hmm. super new to me. Um, I, I, I know that the, the material has been around for a long time. Uh, mm -hmm. But to uh, make a commercial process using it, I think that that really resonated me. And also the excitement of, of, of building a plant. Um, right. I think I'm, I'm super geeky. I'm an engineer. So I, 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 need, I need equipment, giant, shiny things that <laughs> uh, yeah, work. And I, I actually love being on site and, you know, um, be around uh, similar right. geeky engineers. Um, yeah. So this is how it all started. Jason said, oh, we got this big grant from, from the EU. Uh, we're looking for more people. And, hmm. and, I, I, and I put myself forward and said, well, this sounds super interesting. And yeah, why not? Um, so this is how I made the, the transition from, from right. uh, bioplastics to um, back to um, exciting entrepreneurial world. Yeah, nothing is fixed. Nothing is 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 certain. Yeah, you're sort of the builder, right? It's up to you to 
to shape the company and to make those decisions and really and i have an amazing uh, team behind me so i mean you know all the founders um florence uh, she's mm-hmm. um uh she's now our cto so she she started up as the ceo ceo of the company and and it was her phd project that was spun out and and that's um when lixia started um and um yeah i have really driven engineers and and um everyone around me uh, they, they they want this to be a success so this is another key element you know it's not me i mean i'm the one mm-hmm. who's sort of the face and and running yeah. the show but behind the scenes yeah. probably i'm the most useless person uh, <laughs> you know really making it happen um mm-hmm. no I, I i really like uh, all, all the people, my chemists and, and operators and, and, and plant managers. I mean, the, these people are, you know, they get up and they, they want to. They do the work. Every day. They want to play. They want to make it happen. So Right. It's lovely to hear. And having then moved from the UK to Sweden, what do you think was sort of the most shocking or most significant difference that you could notice? Kebab pizza? Uh, <laughs> you tell me about why? it. Why? <laughs> why? That was my first yeah. question. Why? Um, and uh, after that date, it hasn't changed. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think, um, you know, when I turned up, I, I, I think I was very naive. Um, I assumed because everyone speaks beautiful English, uh, you know, everyone watches the same UK, American shows, um, that it's going to be an easy uh, right, um, it, it, it's, it's, it, it wasn't true. <laughs> so it was um, um, quite um, interesting to learn how business are being done here, how um, in, in that sense closed off these networks are. Um, so I was struggling at the beginning, although everyone's super nice, um, you know, really helpful. But I think... I was more used to the way of doing business in the UK and being fairly direct but polite uh, and pushing things through. I think, you know, the Swedish way is very different when it comes to uh, running businesses and, and making things happen. There are loads of discussions. So I think there's a meeting to have a meeting or, or about a meeting. Um, <laughs> so I think I was learning uh, a lot about myself um, and uh-huh. how impatient I am and how... Um, you know, my style would come across as aggressive, which I wasn't. Right. I just really wanted to make it happen. And and I think yeah. I learned the hard way how not to do things here. But I'm also lucky because I was supported by, uh, you know, the local um, municipal, Christina Municipal. I had loads of contacts with uh, organizations in Karlstad. Um, I also have a, a, an amazing COO now, who's also our plan manager, Yannicka, and she's my mm-hmm. buffer. So, so I could talk to her about what I want, and then she would tell me how to make it happen in a Swedish way. Right. Because right. it's so important to... So sort of a translator between yes. the cultures yes. and the facilitator, yes. potentially. Um, but uh, because it's important that you know we're working with local people, working with local businesses, and 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 I want to bring them along. I don't want to alienate them, you know. And sometimes, um, yeah, my urgency comes across as as um, as I'm too aggressive. But what I want is mm. just results and and make things happen. And 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 and, yeah. it, and it, you know, we were saying before we need to tackle an enormous issue, the climate crisis, and there is a sense of urgency, and there is a a need for speed because we don't have 
an ultimate amount of time to make this transition happen. So uh, I feel... And also I'm from London, you know, 22 <laughs> years in London, I think running around 24-7, that was my right. way of, 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 right. of dealing with things. And, and I think... Yeah. What, other, what I love about Sweden is how amazing this work and life balance um, uh, and, and, and also people, um, you know, they take their time. They have lunch. They have, you know, lovely coffee breaks. And so I'm, I'm learning to scale back. I'm learning to be more efficient within that time period when I'm really focused and not to chase, you know, these sort of successes all the time, but mm -hmm. embrace and, and, and really take the time. But yes, so urgency comes from, you know, we need to make it, um, things happen. And also as a startup, we're burning through cash each and every day. So if things not happening, yeah. it means we yeah. are delayed. It costs you money. We're not yeah. going to have money, you know, to, to really see everything through. So um, if anyone's listening uh, who I offended in the last year, I, I really apologize because <laughs> it's not a personal. It's more about just I really want to make this happen and yeah. make success because that's where I get up in the morning you know that's what drives me um it's it's not a personal gain it's not my ego it's all about the company and really seeing right. the potential of what it could deliver um and how it also sort of fits within um other companies working on it in a similar space you know um so That's my agenda. I want, I want this technology to survive and also deliver. Well, beautifully phrased. I think that's a really good, really good summary. I have a final question for you uh, as we're coming to, towards the end of the podcast. Oh, so um, soon. Wow. I could talk for hours. hours about it. I know. I know. It's already been 30 minutes. So, you know, we're, if we talk a bit about the dooming and frightening scenario of the climate crisis, you know, and, and you just mentioned the urgency for, for speed and wanting to make things happen also because you're, you know, as a startup, uh, whenever things don't happen in the way they should or as fast as they should, it costs you money. Um, I, I want to turn this around and I'm wondering what's the one thing that potentially gave you hope recently or sort of inspired you to keep on making this journey and really pushing for this change that we need to see? Um, I think watching other startups success, because there's always, um, it's just so good to see, you know, some of my friends got funding, some of the, the companies, uh, you know, made, breakthrough and I think those are the um, the examples uh, that really give me uh, not just hope but but the energy boost I need desperately mm -hmm. um, especially when when things don't don't go uh, too smoothly um, I, I also have a, um, a really extensive network in Sweden and in, in Europe as well uh, within this space and You know, just catching up with people and 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 listening to their stories, I think um, that's really inspiring. Um, and also, when I when I talk to companies and they see the how we fit in within their current, mm -hmm. um, you know, business or, or or technology, that again, just just super nice. And you know, we'd be talking to companies within the food industry, how we could provide some materials for them. We're talking to energy companies, we're talking to fuel companies and, 
and 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 sustainable chemical production and and you know when I have these commercial and techie discussions and 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 we find a spark and it's oh my god we have three four five interfaces where we could really deliver impact for you guys I think that's what what keeps me going uh, because then I could really see the fit I could really see the commercial um, offerings. Um, and um, yeah, so on a personal level, all the lovely startup friends making a success uh, and on a professional company level, it's just seeing how we are, perf- how we are a perfect fit. Um, at the just, right time. At the right time, right place. Um, and um, yeah, I think most of the companies we we, we building relationships, they are under super... Uh, pressure to either find a sustainable starting material or make their process more um, energy or, or or environmental friendly, or they have a, a side stream, by stream that they don't know what to do with, and they're just looking mm-hmm. desperately for a solution. So I think um, seeing that fit and how things, all these puzzle pieces coming together, and that's just a fantastic feeling. And, and um, yeah. This is what I try to communicate to the rest of the team as well each and every day uh, that, you know, we, we will have a huge um, contribution uh, when we get to the right um, industry, right scale. Um, so, yeah, so that's what gives me hope. And I want the investors to believe me, me. So I need to tell the story each and every day, the same story to them as well. <laughs> and, and, and hope, hope, hope that they will see uh, exactly what, what we see and what we experience. Well, I'm confident they will. I think you got something really inspiring and something really impactful going on. It was lovely talking to you. Fingers and, crossed. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I wish you wish you all the best for your future endeavors, and I'm looking forward to following your and Lexia's journey. Thank you. No, I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Christina. It was lovely talking to you. Great. Thanks again.